Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a podcast about where business is done. So pull up a chair and join your host, Ken Baden. All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of The Kitchen Table Podcast. My name is Ken Baden. We're excited to be here back on the Zoom format, baby. Last few of these have been live and uh, in person, but that's not going to be possible because my guest today is coming at us all the way from Australia. Matt, what time is it right now again there? Can you repeat that? It is it is 5.30 a.m. in sleepy Australia. We're yes. a day ahead. The future's looking good. 5.30 a.m. I can't do it, but uh, was that bad? <laughs> was that pretty good? It was all right. I try to channel my best crocodile Dundee just like every other American does. That's like all we have. For like Australia, at least me in my age range. But you could do way worse than Crocodile Dundee, dude. Yeah. What do you guys think? We'll take it. Uh, he's a bit of an Aussie legend. So okay, all right, good. Yeah, so yeah. you embrace it. You're not like, I mean, you yeah. got to, dude. He's the man. Yeah. He's you funny be mad as hell. About that. Yeah. I wish we had. You know, I don't think that Americans are that well received around the world to where we we're like regarded. We don't have a Crocodile Dundee, dude. I wish we did, but yeah. I don't think we're gonna get that. <laughs> so. Matt, Matt Smith from Matt Smith Consulting. Uh, he also has a podcast. Matt is currently working with me and my company, and we're using his services. But honestly, way, way before that ever even became a thing, a couple of years ago, a peer of mine, good friend, he'll be on the show actually here, uh, hopefully soon. Um, I have a good buddy, Sean, who is a business owner himself. He and I have been in the remodeling industry for years and years together. Uh, Sean and I always exchange ideas. And he was telling me about the success he was having with a gentleman, uh, as to quote him, was the man and with Facebook. And that was really vague, but he was like, dude, I got this guy, uh, you know, he's doing Facebook stuff for us. He's the man. It's working out really well. And I kind of cataloged that. And here we are two years later. There you it go. just so happens, dude, we're in the same mastermind group. So that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, I got this guy. I think he might be in the same group. And, and we are. So like... That made me feel a lot better, but that's where Matt comes from, and that's why we started working together. But really, the reason why he's on the kitchen table is because he is an absolute legend. He's an appropriate guest and that he knows his shit. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about you, Matt, including even my coach and mentor, Ryan. Just last weekend, when we were at his ranch, um, we were talking about blue-collar ballers, and which is my mastermind, and uh, Ryan's a part of that. Uh, I've got the consulting group. But basically, he was like, look, if you're going to do anything, you know, the guy I think you should do it with is Matt Smith. So honestly, man, you were very, uh, very revered in our community. So congrats on that. And why don't you take us through, Matt? You know, we did the brief Aussie intro, but I mean, first of all, you didn't just arrive here. We always go this route. Tell us the story of Matt Smith and how you came to be this uh, SEO superstar, so to speak. I appreciate that. Thanks for the... uh... Very kind words. It's always good to hear great feedback from guys like Sean McDonald and Ryan Stewman. Um, so f for me, myself, um, I I started out in life, I was a professional football player, uh, but I had a lot of really bad injuries. If you see me moving around a little bit today, it's because I've had a very severe neck injury. Um, and I, when I injured my neck and, and my body playing football, um, I started taking a lot of pain medication. I have a very addictive personality. So I started getting addicted to all these naughty things uh, prescribed by doctors, which kind of led into 
a heavy drug addiction uh, with, you know, oh, hard to say, like cocaine and ecstasy and things like that. And that led me on a very, very bad path. Um, and that, that filled most of my 20s. Um, but I knew that I had something more to give. Um, and when I got through that, that bad period of time, um, I, actually, I actually spent some time in prison because of uh, some of the bad choices I made. But I knew I had something good story? to do in this life. I'm so yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but do you know <laughs> any of my story? A little bit, yeah. Okay, because you're telling it right now. So I'm like, does he <laughs> yeah. even know? I don't even yeah. know, but this is so interesting <laughs> for me. So, okay, please continue. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Up until now, we're simpatico, <laughs> bro. So just keep going. <laughs> um, so I got out, once I got out of prison, this is 2013, I fell down a flight of stairs and um, I nearly snapped my spinal cord. I was very, very close. I was very lucky to walk away. Um, so I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And I was in bed for, I was bedridden for close to a year from that injury. Um, but in that time, I started learning about marketing and branding. And a family friend gave me an opportunity to go and, it was a left field one, but to go and run a commercial cleaning, building and renovation business in a small country town, which I now live. Um, so I grabbed that opportunity. I went and, and, and jumped into to the industry and I had a lot of success with it. Um, started building up that business. And it was in that period I joined a mastermind in America, which is kind of where I've met everyone now, um, connecting with a guy called Ryan Stuman, who'd, ha- who'd been on a similar path. I started learning branding, positioning, and I got obsessed with advertising. It was in that group I started meeting roofers and contractors. Uh, one of them was one of the biggest roofers in America at the time. His family built Aspen Contracting. I set up some ads for them. The ads went viral. They made a couple of million bucks in the first six weeks. And it was at that point, roofers all across America started hitting me up like crazy. Um, And that's when I made the decision to build a business out of something that I became very good at very quickly. Um, And I started running ads in in pretty much every state of America within a very short period of time. That was four years ago, four and a half years ago now. Um, And yeah, the the rest is is kind of history. So um, you you said you took. And then you ended up doing doing business with guys like Sean and I all the way in Maryland, which is Nothingville. It's crazy, isn't it? It is, dude. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to go back because I'm way more interested in the dirt now. But sure. first of all, you said you're a professional football player. And I'm going to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're not talking about American football, right? Are we talking about rugby or soccer? Well, I know uh, that's r- not what you call it, but. Yeah. Rug- rugby league. Oh, hell yeah. Is what dude. I was. Yeah, yeah. You were a pro rugby player? Yeah, I was on I the edge, like an 18, 19, 20-year-old signed for a um, professional rugby league company and was trying to make my way at it. That's awesome, man. And my my yeah. little brother is uh, 6'5". He's skinnier now because he ended up getting like the diabetes that you can control with diet. But gotcha. I think a lot of that was uh, our fraternity days. But just the same. He's a little thinner now, but he was a big, big boy. And uh, he was, uh, we, we had just started getting rugby like popular in clubs in uh, high school. Yeah. He was good, man. He was really good. And so I've got a healthy respect for rugby, man. I've got some buddies that play it here in America. I know it's not the same, but uh, I know your body had to get tore up. So yeah, as a result of that, even in Australia, I guess they were feeding you those things like Skittles, huh? 100%. Do the same thing here, man. And like, and obviously, have you ever seen the show Dope Sick 
Have you watched that on uh, I haven't. Hulu? If you get a chance and it's available in Australia, I'm, I'm sure Hulu. Uh, it was Hulu. Um, Michael Keaton's in it. And it's a really cool short series about the pharma, big pharma industry and namely Oxycontin, which kind of spun yeah, right. everything out of control for everybody. And uh, I could relate to a lot of it. But it's also interesting just to see if you uh, if you're either listening or yourself to watch it from our angles, kind of like son of a bitch, dude, like these guys knowingly and I mean, knowingly, like they knew what they yeah. were pushing. And I don't know if you knew this, but like they convinced the FDA. Americans, you know, Federal Food and Drug Administration uh, a group to label this non-addictive, non-addictive. Oh, wow. non-addictive. So it was getting pushed to doctors like, dude, this is a miracle drug. It's non-addictive. Give it to everybody. Forget deathbed patients. Give it to everybody. So guys like you and yeah. I get into a car accident or a rugby accident. And next thing you know, you're being prescribed these life-changing, life-altering. And I went down a similar path where I don't know if I had, I definitely have an addictive personality. I'm going all the time, case in point, right up into this show, right? Yeah. Uh, and I have to hire people to help me with that. But I... I don't know that what what my fiance argues, who has uh, a different perspective in that she is uh, an attorney and directly involved in kind of punishing those that uh, abuse the system, namely the doctors and those folks that do uh, or the metal, the groups that would take advantage of those things, but also pharmaceuticals. But she uh, so she has a unique outlook, too. But she says that there's some science to the physio physiological effects of that drug and the statistics thereafter having taking it like the increase in abuse of other substances. And so I don't oh, know, yeah. man. I mean, for me, I'm like, you know what? I, it, it really doesn't matter anymore because it either, it just is what it is for me. I can't do anything anymore because I don't have any moderation that whatever that was, that's been broken in me <laughs> a long time. So for myself now, it's nothing but things like work or working out. But I got to be careful with even stuff like that, man. So yeah, very cool to hear that you're kind of like a brother in arms there, man. And I don't think it's any surprise then. And you tell me, dude, do you think that there are any parallels? Guys like us, we're, we're able to, you know, how long has it been? Four years? For you in no. America working, things like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Business has been flying for four years now. Um, so, yeah. And you're kind of at the top of your game right now. I mean, is that safe to say? Or I'm sure you have heights that you want to see bigger than this. But some would argue that we were able to move pretty quick. And that's kind yeah. of what I'm getting at. Do you think there are any parallels to sort of like that addictive personality and how it translates when you kind of get it under control to success? You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. They say, I've done a lot of research on this, but they say, the smart people in this field say you can't you, you replace one addiction with another so imagine if you could put it into something for good use for me that was advertising business helping people um, live their best life um, i became obsessed with it which can be unhealthy but at least it's an unhealthy obsession and that's where that that that's how i sort of created some of the best ads and most profitable ads uh, for roofers and home improvement stuff that never been done before. Um, it's just by being obsessed with it, running tens of thousands of ads. Um, 
it, it, it's helped create such a fantastic business that's had a great impact helping roofers all across America. Booty myself, and we're actually going to take a stab at, and I don't know if we're, am I allowed to uh, talk about our upcoming possible Do whatever endeavors. you like, my man. This is your show. <laughs> we were talking about possibly <laughs> even using Matt's services for other things and seeking out, you know, like, hey, man, maybe it's still in the marketing space. But hey, would yeah. you think we could have some success in? And and for us, we do roofing. And roofing's the baby, right? But, you know, my where I come from, it was remodeling. You know, same place with Sean. And like, you, as you know, with Sean, it's roofing, signing windows, doors, right? It's not just roofing. And I think like yeah. with roofers, especially in the insurance restoration space, what happens with them is that's all they do because that's really all they can do. And it's not to slight them. It's just insurance restoration world. That's what it is. Like you find damage on a roof. Maybe you get some siding. So it's kind of roofing and siding, but it starts with the roof, right? Whereas yeah. remodeling, it's roofing, siding, windows, doors. I mean, you, you, you're, these people are looking for quotes. You go out, you give them a quote, you try to sell and you know, that's that. So it's, it's a yeah. very similar, but different industry. And, uh, so tell me about, you know, how did you, it doesn't seem like you had any experience in the roofing space. You just did a ton of research and I mean, if you kind of found something that worked and then now you're doing this for roofers all over the place. I mean, is that really just kind of simply put how it went? Yeah, sort of. I was, um, I started running ads for the commercial cleaning, building and renovation business here. And I was, I was naturally good at it. I was good at it very quickly. Um, and then I started running ads for, uh, his name's Tim Nusbeck. Um, and they, the first ad I, I put out there, it, it went crazy, went viral. And after people started swarming me and with Tim, um, I ran ads for all of his fam, like all of his friends all across America started testing things without really realizing what I was doing. I was running thousands of ads all at once. And that it was from that process that I realized this is a formula. This is absolutely crushing it. I'm onto something really special here. And that's a great segue into, you know, think about our audience, right? I'm assuming we, we've got a high concentration of salespeople, but hopefully some entrepreneurs and maybe some even some folks that want to get into the marketing space. So could you take me through if you were to give any advice and anybody who's breaking into marketing or maybe somebody who's just getting started and wants to kind of do their own thing, what would be a couple bullet points of like, hey, here's some advice that you you really should not ignore? Yeah, for sure. Um, the first piece of the puzzle, you need to know where, who you who you want the ad or who you want your, who is the advertising going out to? You need to know your, your audience really well, typically with what we do for home improvement. Um, I target people that are 26 or 28 years plus, like up to 65 plus, because uh, we know people under that age bracket, they're probably not a homeowner. Whilst there will be some, for the most part, they're not there yet. That's the first thing. I then target the the higher income earners, the top 5, 10, and 25% income earners of the zip codes, because we know it's important. We can't help people who can't who don't have the capability to buy our stuff. It's pretty straightforward. Then I throw in a few things of, of interest. Uh, people might be interested in renovation, um, things like that. And then I, I exclude the people that we're competing against, roofers, building contractors, stuff like that. Um, the next piece of the puzzle is the actual ad itself. You need a ball-tearing offer, an irresistible offer that's too good to refuse. Because if you think about it, people have gone into Facebook to look at reels, dog videos, memes. They're not on there for how we can help them with their home improvement project. So we need something that's going to grab their attention, 
and it's just simply too good to ignore. Um, a lot of people do things like free inspections. Everyone's doing that. That shit ain't going to cut it. So you need something that's going to stand out, grab their attention, and then you need to have a call to action. So we'll take people off of Facebook. We get them to fill out a, a simple form where they fill in their information. And that's the, that's the second phase. The third phase, and this is just as crucial as having a great ad, you need to be contacting that lead within the first five minutes. Um, if you don't contact a lead within the first five minutes by text, email, call, the contact rate drops off by 85%. So you, wow. you either need to do it manually. We, we have a system fully built out that does it automatically, but you need something that's going to work and stay consistently contacting the prospect. Um, if you don't get a, a response in that first five minute, our system follows up every day for a week, every week for a month. We essentially never leave them alone until they tell us to go and jump in a lake. That's what's needed. And your system that you have set up, and frankly, the one that I'm utilizing, I mean, you guys are already handling that part of it. And then you just kind of taking what the result of that is and passing it on to the, the business like myself. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And that's what yeah. I thought you kind of do all of the legwork. I mean, really, that's fantastic. Because by the time it gets to us, you're not presenting to us a lead as much as you are a qualified appointment almost. Would that be? That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's desirable to say the least, yeah. because I do had, I don't have a ton of experience, but I have enough to know that it's speed to lead. You know, I would jump in the call center with some of the guys at different companies I was at whenever we were trying to get guys going, you know, and it's tough, man. And you really got to yeah. be thick skinned. So kudos Absolutely. to you, my friend. And on the flip side, the, go ahead. Yeah. That's the other most, that's a really good point that you made there. You do need thick skin um, to complement a text and email follow up sequence. You want to be calling those leads. Call them twice within the first five minutes. If they don't answer, you call them straight back. If you're really game, call back a third time. Um, that increases the connection rate. All right, then it needs to just be a system that's followed. Call the leads two to three times a day. If it's a call center or if it's someone that you assign this task to, it's 10 to 15 minutes in their calendar that's set every, every day consistently. Whether it's a good lead, bad lead, or it's a bad number, it doesn't matter. The leads are called consistently. You're expecting that 90% of calls are not going to get answered because that's statistically what it's all about. Um, but it's the fact, it's the touch points that are required. All right. So don't so, give up on, people give up on leads way too early. So you're saying 90%, it just anticipate like 90% aren't going to get answered. So would you suggest maybe, it sounds like you already did, but maybe like a three touch every single time, like, Email, Absolutely. call, text, email, call, text, email, call, text kind of deal or? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you're not just yeah. resound the one medium. You're just, and if it's a landline, obviously you can only do what you can do, but. That's right. Yeah. I tell you what, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I would say in our industry, the arguably the biggest variable that matters now in insurance restoration, you're door to door. And you could do a ton with door to door and there's really no better i mean especially getting started but in retail if you don't have leads you have no company yeah you don't and that's the bigger that's all i really knew up until recently was retail and it's like dude the bane of everyone's existence and as you know we're getting an acrylics department going it's retail henceforth it needs a lead source a secure lead source or we don't have a bathroom department because trying to knock door to door for bathrooms is it's not, you can't Impossible. see people's bathrooms. You know what yeah. I mean? 
So you can knock blindly and like maybe, maybe you get lucky, but it's not a very good method. So if you're in the retail space, you got to have someone like Matt. And would you suggest too, Matt, that if you are in a, in a, in a space that requires leads and most of what we do does, that you have an inter internal source as well as exploring something like yourself, like do you, how important do you think that is? Or do you think that it's totally doable by just leveraging someone like yourself and a couple other options? You know, I, and I say that coming from and having spent thousands and thousands and thousands, and we've had a lot of success with Matt so far, but Matt is one in a million. And there are hundreds yeah. of thousands of companies that are going to be calling the second that they, the Angie's list, the home advisors, the networks, the remodeling, the porch. I mean, you name it, uh, contractor. Um, anyhow, they're just, and there's just so many ways and you can buy leads and you can buy demos and you can buy sits and you can pay per sale and pay per click. And it's just, what would you, if you were, if it were a new, and that's where I'm getting at with this, let's say I'm a new company. Where would you suggest someone starts with their their lead source and they don't just get totally bankrupted by spending money on silliness? Internal lead sources or someone like yourself? What do you think they should do? What would be your advice? Yeah, great question. So every company, especially in that, in that startup phase, we've worked with a lot of uh, guys that have just started their company that, that knew that they were very good. They were a great sales rep. They were... They recognized that they, you know, they didn't agree with the values or whatever of the, the company they were with. So they went and started their own thing. Um, what we always recommend is that they get consistent with the things that they can control. Because if budget is, is, is tough initially, which it always is when you start up, um, you need to be able to self-generate some leads. So the one of the most powerful things you can be doing is uh, posting every day on your social media profile, I'd recommend that you go into all your local community groups, start adding people as friends and start trying to solve problems. All right. You could go in and do a simple post and, and just call out the biggest problem in your industry. I would do a post like, um, tell us about your experience with roofers and just wait, like you'll get lots of people making comments and there'll be a lot that'll get that in itself will get a lot of traction. And then it's all about providing value. Um, you don't want to be trying to close people uh, through your content straight away because that's what everyone else does. But if you genuinely go in there and you provide value and you make some connections and you're consistent, you post every day, within 30 days, you'll most likely start to get some really good quality leads. And within 60 days, you'll probably be as busy as what you could handle. Um, so yeah, through consistency, you'll start to build trust, credibility, and then don't just talk about roofing. Talk about the things that are important to you. If, you've, if you have a family, talk about your family. If you go on adventures, put that out into the world because you want to treat your social media like a TV station. Um, you want to have a good mix of uh, funny stuff, inspirational stuff, stuff about your business, stuff about your family. That way, you're going to connect with people on a deeper level. They're going to start to know who you are. They're going to like you. They're going to want to do business with you so that when you do put out an offer, people will actually be receptive to it. You've opened them up and you've connected with them. I'm putting this all on my notes as we speak, by the way. <laughs> so because 
Good they belong stuff. to the same mastermind, and that mastermind preaches things similar to what you're talking about. And That's right. You know, I'll uh, and I, you know, I post and I'm trying to brand and so on. But what I haven't done, and I have joined a few, but really, when I did that before, and I was posting a lot, like at our local neighborhood groups, and I just kind of like that was something I'd stopped doing. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, right. You know, I, I was in the local. Everywhere in my area, I was in each neighborhood group and things like that. But, you know, that's that's something I wasn't doing. And to your point, you know, recently, I even like on my personal social media, I'm like, oh, you know, I really want to be identified more for the things that I do and to be able to get something like, uh, you know, a lead for roofing or consulting or someone to join blue collar. But it's not that it's not that simple. Right. Like to your point, if all I post, because look, then I go and post, post some content about a roof and I get like three likes, right? Yeah. But my content about my past, our past gets a hundred plus, right? I content about it. my fiance and I hundred plus, right? And like, that's not a ton, but it's a huge disparity between the content that, so it's easy for me to then analyze the metrics and say, oh, okay, well, this is certainly least less popular, but at least we're getting eyes on it to when somebody might say like, okay, I've identified you as, as a roofer. Cause once a week you might pop something in there. How often would you suggest given the formula you just presented us with, which is family, fun, adventures, business. How often would you suggest business? I mean, would you, do you have a ratio like once a week, once a month, a couple of times yeah. a week? Yeah, I have it right. It's, I have, this is, this is the exact model I use. It's how we've built a, a business from halfway across the world, different time zone, never met a client. Um, I rotate it consistently. I'll post about uh, family fun and adventures. I'll, I'll then rotate to an inspirational post. I'll then do something funny. Um, I'll then do something result-based. Like I'm demonstrating that I can get the result for people who I just like. Um, you know, my audience is roofers and home improvement contractors. So um, four out of like one out of five posts. I like that. Um, every now and again, I'll do a, an offer, which is really just an opportunity to work with us, but it's really through the consistency of all of those things. So I would say one in five, you want 80% of the content to be for them, 20% for you. I, I actually do 90% for them, 10 for us. That's all of Gold. I hope you're hope you're listening, <laughs> audience, because that is uh, he's Matt's running game, man. And that's you know one thing I hear a ton of too is when people start to go into this and try to do this, they're like, dude, I don't know what the hell to talk about. Any advice there on like how to solve that dilemma? On how what to talk about? Well, yeah, because you know how you hear people like you know you tell them this, and they're like, well, dude, I don't you know I don't know what to mm. talk about. It's hard to post daily. It's hard for guys like you and I. We just do it and I don't, you know, mm. and I don't like when my posts aren't great, but it's better than not posting anything. You know, this morning mm. was an example of that. I normally post at 730. I wasn't able to do that this morning, but I didn't just not post. I posted a couple hours later and that's what the, it is what it is. But yeah, any direction there on like, for instance, I'm supposed to be doing my content Sundays, my content prep. And I try throughout the week, something jumps out at me, put it in notes, just like I did what you just did which you just told me and I'll pull up whenever I need inspiration. I'll just pull up content and I'll look for something that I threw in there a few weeks back and maybe I'll find something I haven't used yet or I could recycle. Uh, but what do you do for that? Yeah. So we, I'm very fortunate that my wife um, helps structure um, our content creation. So we, we will sit down um, in a perfect world. We sit down once a month 
We've got a plan and it, I list out the, the five types of posts that I'm going to do, funny, inspirational results, um, motivational and um, offer. And then I just come up with a post for each type. Um, you know, 20% of them are funny memes that I've found throughout the month. Um, 20% are things based around my family. Um, when we've gone somewhere, we just get a couple of quick things like photos of, of what we're doing and where we're at just because that's kind of interesting. Um, so then it's like got some really good structure. And then I just write out some posts that go with those images because um, it's really hard to do on the fly. I've done it on the fly for a long time, but um, and we still do from time to time. I have to because you fall behind and do stuff like that. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and if you miss a day, it's not the end of the world. That's how life gets busy and, sure. you know, we get, but um, yeah, just put some structure and planning into it. Um, the, another great engagement piece is asking questions like mm. what's the, what's the most, what's the best advice you've ever had from, from business? What's the worst advice you've had? Um, what's something you do to handle aches and pains? How do you know someone's got kids without saying you've got kids? Just funny stuff. But if you ask questions, you'll get engagement. So they're, they're a really good way uh, to get feedback, to get engagement, to build an audience um, and, and stuff like that. That's a really good idea, uh, asking questions. And I know, you know, Matt's got a, a hard stop here, which honestly, our episodes are supposed to be 30 minutes. Anyhow, somehow, some way, they always end up falling into like, <laughs> I had a mentor come on here two hours. And I couldn't stop yeah. him. It's my mentor. One of my mentors, one of my OG mentors too. So it'd be like Ryan sitting yeah. here. I'm like, dude, take the whole day if you want to. Do what you uh, do, yeah. <laughs> but Matt's got Broken Skulls podcast. Is that correct? No, Drinking I drink from, from Skulls. skulls. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I drink from Skulls podcast. That's it. Yeah. That's dope, dude. I saw that name. I'm uh, very fortunate to get to come on there. And I was like, what is this? What am I signing up for? <laughs> I drink from Skulls podcast. Cool, man. What's the Is the content similar? Pretty similar, yeah. We interviewed, you know, movers and shakers from the roofing and home improvement space and then other areas of business, um, finance, payment, processing, real estate, just cool and interesting business owners. Um, we had our operations manager on last week talking about his experience when he worked at DoorDash. Just any any fun, exciting, interesting sort of person that can add some good value to the network. That's That's who we have on there. Awesome, man. Well, I'm flattered to yeah. be coming on and I uh, encourage our listeners to take a listen to it. Um, anywhere else, Matt, where can our, our listeners find you if they want to take a listen to either your podcast or see any of these cool ideas that you're posting on the regular? Yeah, nice. If you want to see my content strategy in play, just follow me on Facebook. Um, that's where I hang out. That's where I spend the most time. Um, my profile is the only Matt Smith with uh, just one T. Um, you'll, you'll find me there. You'll start to see that I'm doing exactly what I just said. You'll get some good ideas for how to do content. Um, the I drink from skulls podcast, it's kind of on all the channels. If you search on iTunes or YouTube or Spotify, I drink from skulls, you'll find it. I'm sure there's only uh, one of those, but <laughs> Matt, thank you so much, man. You've got a ton of value to offer. We'll have to have you on when we can do a longer episode, but my brother, yeah, let's do it. I'm looking forward to uh, jumping on yours and thank you so much, man, for taking the time to pull up a seat at the table. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon, man. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. 
If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. It is how new people find the show. Until next time, remember, there's always a seat at the table for business.